Hello. Yeah, Sarah, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. No doubt. Thank you so much, dude. All right, cool. Um, all right, ladies and gents, welcome to MV Podcast. By the time you guys hear this, this will be. Um, I want to say thanks to everybody supporting season one all the way through season six. And by the time you guys hear this, this will be season six, episode twelve. And um, I know these last several episodes, I've been getting a chance to highlight my fellow hip hop artists in the indie scene. But I know for a fact it's time for the R and B side of things. And um, I think it's interesting in, in the timing of this interview.、Uh, we just have some people online right now saying that R and B is dead. But I beg to differ because this next artist right here, I had a chance to almost do one show with her at、um, in Oxnard when when we were going to open up for MC8. I don't know if you remember the show.、Um, yes. I didn't get a chance to make it down there from San Diego, but、um, I've been really peeping her movement. I really respect her consistency as far as doing shows, and I've, I've been getting a chance to build with her. She's constantly creating in the studio, and for all those who are in、uh, Apple and Spotify, you guys gotta check out some of her singles. She got some singles out right now called "You Should Know,"、um, "Different," "Love You Back,"、uh, "Not Your Regular," and as far as like your EPs, I've been bumping her shit. It's called R&B Love EP and the Soul Talk EP. She also got music videos out on YouTube, right? Constantly doing shows in the Southern Cali、uh, circuit, and ladies and gents, without no further ado, I don't want to talk too much. We got the lovely Sarah Shine in the house. What's up? Hi, Marlon D. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me on. I just, I really respect your platform and the love that you're showing to independent artists, us out here working hard on the rise. So, thank you for shedding light on. Just the arts and you know the hustle of the artists that are out here really grinding. <laughs> We、For、appreciate、sure. you. Oh,、uh, thank you so much. Oh, your time's precious. I'm gonna get to it.、Um, oh yeah, you got my time. Oh my goodness, where were you born and raised? <laughs> I was I born in. Where were you born and raised? Yeah. Yeah. I、But. was born in Visalia, California, which is、um, like near Fresno. In the middle of nowhere, <laughs>、um, so I was there till I was two.、Uh, my parents divorced at two years old, and I moved with my mom to Los Osos, which is a really small town in the 805 area. So it's right outside of San Luis Obispo, which is like the nearest major town.、Um, so I、wow. grew up in Los Osos. Yeah, so I grew up in Los Osos for about ten years, in my younger years, and then my mom. Uh, my stepdad that she's with now, and that she remarried, and we moved to Oceano, which is like near Napomo, Santa Maria area. So still in the 805, but I basically lived there throughout my teenage years, and then、um, stacked up and moved to LA to chase my dreams. No so, wonder、yeah. why. No wonder why you're a talented artist. You come from a. You know how it is, like that. That talent that comes from small towns. It's real, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I cried because we had nothing to do. We just sat around and, <laughs> and sang and write. <laughs> It was boring in my little small town, but I, I'm proud to be there. From there, it's a really beautiful area. It just wasn't a lot going on. So when I realized I could sing, I started writing poetry first, and then I would literally just sit in my room all day listening to like Janet Jackson and dancing. My mom could not be, get me out of my room with my headphones on. <laughs> 
They say we couldn't last. We had to do <laughs> exactly. it wrong. Cause somewhere in, in the, the past, past no, we you. You already know, bro. You know, cherish Oh my God! You're gonna make me jump out of my car right now. Oh, was having you here by my side. Okay. All right. So, yo. Coming from a small city like that, do you think it affects how you approach music or how you approach your songwriting? Or do you think it affects you in any way, your, your style and how you approach this? Um, you know, I've never been asked that question in an interview. That's interesting. I, I think um, just answering that off top, like you have a limited uh, view to the world when you come from a small town. So you, you've always got these big dreams of the big picture, right? So you kind of... I feel like if you're from a small town, you're really writing from a sincere place. Like it's it's a your your stories and stuff are all based on like the things that matter, which is like, you know, if you I didn't come from a lot of money. I came from mostly my mom was single in my younger years. So I saw her working a few jobs. It was that kind of a story where my mom was always working. It was just me. I was separated from my sister. I was home a lot alone and so I really turned to music as my comfort. And I think that's where my writing began as a kid, like doing the poetry. I just kind of started to go back to your question. I just was really tapping into the sincerity of, you know, just life in itself and going through a lot of things with family at a young age, um, you know, some things with family from the divorce and other being separated from my sister and just feeling those kind of pains at such a young age. I think that I uh, was able to kind of right from a, a more of a mature level than a normal nine or 10 year old would come from, you know what I mean? So coming to the city, it kind of just enlarged my writing because here I am experiencing all these other experiences, you know, that I've never had before. So yeah, it was a big change for me, but I, I know that it was a big part of who I am and who I am as an artist. Yeah. Um, this family, any like either mom or dad side, does anyone have musical talents? Were you influenced yes. by family? Yeah. Yeah, my dad was a gospel singer, and nice. so when I was really young, I um, had it was like a corridor where I had to visit him on the summers, um, and so I, they would pick me up, him and my stepmom, and he would take me to church on Sundays, actually like three days a week, and he was always up there singing in a men's quartet. So I would just sit there in the pews and watch my dad sing as a little girl. And I just was always like, you know, kind of humming along with him. But at that age, I didn't know that I could sing. And then when I got a little older, he saw that I had the talent. And so he would start throwing me up on stage, you know, at church. And then I eventually joined a church with my mom. I lived with my mom full time during the school year. And there was a church down the street. It was an all predominantly African-American Baptist church. And so I joined the choir and my mom didn't even go to church at the time. I just said, mom drop me off at that church on Sundays. I want to go there. You know, I want to sing in their choir. <laughs> and my mom was like, okay. So she just dropped me off. And and that's because my dad instilled that in me at a young age. So I just was always, uh, from that point on, I fell in love with gospel and R&B music. It was just like, yeah. So yeah, it's my humble How beginnings. Old? <laughs> no <Huh>? doubt. <laughs> How old were you when you joined the choir? How oh, I was probably 12 or 13. Wow. Yeah. But before that, you were already kind of dabbling with your vocals. Like you were already kind of singing out loud at the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Since I was like five. Yeah. 
I, I, I was the girl like after dinner I'd put on a talent show on my fireplace every night and get dressed up and sing for my mom <laughs> who, <laughs> um, who was the first R&B singer that, that you remember that really like oh shit I want to do that whatever she's doing or he's doing I'd have to say that was Donnell Jones. And I know that sounds weird coming from a female artist, but um, I remember just like, I, I listened to like old soul. Cause my mom would play like, like old records, like Etta James, Aretha Franklin. So I kind of understood those big old voices a little bit. Cause I'd hear them around the house when she was cleaning, but it wasn't something that I would put in. I would put in either literally only Paul Abdul or Dan Jackson like we already talked about but when I fell in love with R&B I was on my way to a show I remember I was, it was my first show and I was probably about 14 and I was performing at a, lo- at a local showcase yeah and my my homie put on a Donald Jones record he just came out with his first or, or maybe it had already come out I don't know but um, his CD My Heart and yeah. Oh my God. He played it from top to the bottom because we had to go all the way past Santa Barbara. It was like an hour and a half trip. And I was like, who is this? And he knew every yeah. word. And and I just, I went home. I downloaded, well, you couldn't download music at that time. I went and got his CD <laughs> yeah. probably that week. And then I got hip to like Dave Hollister. Uh, I fell in love with Dave Hollister's music, Charlie Wilson. I have okay. a very old, yeah, I have a very old soul like I really appreciate writers. I really yeah. appreciate people that really tap into life experiences and they leave something in the air. You know what I'm saying? With their music, like you feel a presence and you feel an essence. And um, so I fell in love with those. Well, Dave Hollister and Donald Jones and Faith Evans. Those three were like, oh. yeah. It's and like Kelly- that. It's like that. All right. All right. <laughs> he said it's like Evans. that. And Kelly Faith Price. Evans. And, okay. Oh, two more. Kelly Price and Mary J. Blige. So those were like my go-tos. Very yeah. interesting. Um, Faith Evans and Mary J. Blige always credit their beginnings to church. Yeah. When, when people ask them how you guys get started, they always bring it back to church. They got started at church. Um, that's right. That's so dope. Charlie Wilson. Okay. You you know what's up. All right. Yeah. Um, Thank let you. Me ask, <laughs> let me ask you this. Like, um... When did you start attempting to write your own songs? Um, probably around that age, around thirteen. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know you said you started writing poetry first, right? Yeah, I started writing poetry around eight or nine, and I had like two full books of poetry. So I just, I didn't really understand at that time what I was doing. It was just like those singers that I listened to; they were inspiring me somehow creatively and then I would just sit and write poetry in my room and then one day I was like I could turn this into a song you know and then you kind of learn the structure of song and then it just all kind of blossoms from there and I love Faith Evans oh my um, god she's incredible I've actually did, met her did, 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 did. yeah yeah you did you yeah she's so she's so cool she asked me to, they asked me to sing for them when she was married to Stevie J. <laughs> no way. Yeah. yeah. Sick. Um, let's talk about your inspiration when you write. Um, I've been listening to your songs, uh, both EPs, uh, Soul Talk and R&B Love. Um, 
how much does heartbreak heartbreak play a part in your in your writing like do you know, have right? to have it your heart like broken? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, this girl been through a lot. <laughs> do you have to be heartbroken, or do you have to be in love, Sarah, to, to write these songs? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that mm-hmm. you know, pain really—I mean—has made some of the best albums in the world. Like, you look mm-hmm. at Adele and all these great singers that what their biggest hits were about heartbreak so I think it's really important to portray those moments in your life if you're an artist like some people are scared to get vulnerable I'm not I'm that I think that's why um and I'm grateful the fan base that I have they message me a lot and they that's the number one thing they tell me is like you're so honest you know in your lyrics yeah yes and vulnerable and and i feel like that's a strength like a lot of people want to hide things that they've been through like i have a song called the truth which is my story i don't know if you're able to watch that on youtube but the truth is my story of what i went through when i came out here and um i can tap more on that later but it's uh you know i'm just the artist that was like sleeping in her car i got a gym membership to take showers i was hustling cds on the block singing on hollywood boulevard that was my whole introduction to la so yeah so i can't like i can't write a commercial song that sounds cliche and good to everybody that's just never gonna be coming out of me because i'm I've been through a lot of shit. So uh, can I cuss yeah. on here? I'm sorry. I, that's the only yeah, thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, that, but I mean, honestly, like I've really been through a lot of, a ex- lot of hard things, not only with family, but just on the struggle as an artist. And so mm-hmm. I always rise above. I'm a positive thinker. I have God in my life uh, since a young age. So um, just tapping into those things, you know, you know, you can make it through almost anything but one thing I always make sure I do is if I'm experiencing something new in my life whether it's heartbreak whether it's love whether it's just a life change in itself I always put the beat on and I try to express that because I know somebody else is going through that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, I was bumping your EP R&B Love and I hear the influence of uh, Tony Braxton um, you you sound like her a little bit and um... oh thank you yeah she's another one i forgot to mention her you know all of those greats brandy i mean yeah yeah and i think you can switch it up from like um some shit like tony braxton when you do some shit like half of you and then you can go from tony braxton to g-unit on speed it up like, <laughs> <laughs> he said g-unit oh my god i got I next got on that one stick. yeah um, no, but I'm saying like um, when I was listening to to the um, to the range of your, your songs and your themes, like you definitely you definitely know how to make some club bangers, some club joints. I, I heard it. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank you. I know you can also slow down on ballads. It's a good blend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you, Marlon. I have I have a lot of people asking me to do more club up tempo because the majority, when you look at my whole like catalog online, it's the, a lot of it is mid tempo chill music. But I'm kind of getting like I'm getting together with more producers right now and trying to do some more like up tempo joints as well. So. Yeah, and I really respect the journey. I was browsing through YouTube. You definitely have some performances in there. That was like from 13 years ago. So I know you've been you've been paying dues and you've been really yeah. putting your putting your uh, yourself out there. Um, let me ask you this: uh, my favorite off R&B love was Half of You. 
what what made you write that shit? That made me feel guilty. I don't know why. Like, fuck, <laughs> that's like, funny. What, what, I've, I've had another guy tell that? me that before too. He's like, man, I just started thinking about like what I did wrong with my ex. I'm like, don't don't get all hard on yourself now. Um, no, that song. I actually can be honest. I was I was in love with this guy that was of course, of that's course, a music. Yeah, he's a musician. Right, he right. travels and he's very good looking and he had a lot of girls that liked him but but he would give me his time when he was able to give me his time and I and we were building something you know and I would give him my time when I was able to give my time because I'm a busy woman as well but right. we both like put our music before everything so in that song I'm basically saying I'm willing to take half of you because I know you have all of this these other things going on and i do too but right now while we're in this grind stage i'll accept just that because you're you know i see a future with you basically so that's what that was about what's your favorite of r&b love um uh i like girl you got it just because it's a women's kind of anthem for the you know the women that are out here hustling chasing their dreams and then i my other favorite would be love you back nice um what did you learn about yourself recording that ep what, what do you learn about yourself as an artist do you like writing do you like recording more what did you learn about yourself during that process um i think i learned that you have to um be open to expressing like different styles you know like I, I I've always been like that mid-tempo type of an artist like I said so the girl you got it was in kind of a little bit of a new new style for me so mm-hmm. I wanted to add kind of like that west coast flavor to it on that track and then the love you back was really personal and intimate it was something that I actually went through so that one was kind of vulnerable to release but that was another point where I was like you know what there's a lot of women that have been through this, you know, it'll help somebody. So just being open and and enjoying the process because there's so much more than me just going in the studio and laying down the vocals. There's mixing and there's just so much that goes into making a great record, you know. So I had good people on my team that made that happen with me. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Let's talk about your EP Soul Talk. Um, my favorite on that one was... Um follow you to the moon made me feel like shit i should take my masters again i don't know (laughs) i should go back i should go back i don't know why people feel like why is she telling you to go back is she telling you to go back to school yeah pretty much school whatever your Um, message you receive from that yep that's it yes made me feel like a brother can take his masters back that's Um, right uh, you can. What made you write that? That that's my favorite of that shit. So top. What made oh, you write following you. you to me? You know what? I'm gonna disappoint you right now. That I never let anybody write for me, but that was not written. That is a song I did not write. Mm. So that was written by. Um, well, I did. I did write some backgrounds and some like villains to it, but that was mm. written by Big Dutch, and he's written for a lot of people. He works with Battle Cat and other singers, but. Um, he's based out of Palmdale and he's a producer, has his own studio. And I was connected to him through another friend of mine. They were pitching that song around to different R&B artists. And I heard it and was like, I want that one. So, Aww. yeah. It, I, I didn't if, like um, 
if you had to pick between soul talk and R&B love, which one are you feeling? Which one would you be like? Would you suggest uh, to a first-time Sarah Shine listener? <laughs> which one would you? <laughs> I'd say R&B love for sure, just because yeah. it's fresher and it's newer. And you know, if you want to like dial back and hear what I've you know, grown from, then yeah, Soul Talk is. It's got some solid, good songs on there, but R&B love is more of like what I'm growing into. You know. Kids, don't listen. To speed it up. Cover your ears. <laughs> Do not listen to Speed It Up. <laughs> cover your ears. Please, cover your ears. I- you're going to trip in the iPhone charger. I don't know why. I feel like you're going to trip on something. <laughs> don't listen to that. Yeah, it's kind of um, a steamy song. Yeah, my mom and my grandma like skip past it every time. I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> help. Help. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Sarah. Um, as a songwriter, how do you how do you do that? What's your process? Do you, do you have to hear what the... For you first, or does the producer make the melodies around what you hum in your head? What's your process for your songwriting or just making your songs? How do you do this? Yeah, so the majority of the time, um, the producer will send me tracks that they already know is my style or something. I might kind of put like a bug in their ear and say, I'm looking for something that's similar to this, but of course, I don't want to copycat, so you know, put your originality into it and um. They'll send, they'll look in their catalog and see if they have something already like that. But if they don't, then they'll create from scratch. But the majority mm. of the time, the producers that I work with, which is literally like a handful of like two or three that I consistently go to, I'm just I'm a very loyal person, so I don't look outside mm. of my camp that much. But um, they'll send me like five or ten tracks at a time, and then I'll kind of just weed through, and then I pick one, and then I write to it. And then I schedule the studio time. I go in, I lay my vocals, all my backgrounds. And then what they do is they'll add breaks and arrange around what I did to make it more like, you know, it's in sync with what I just created. So the majority of the time, the beat's already made. And then I just write my Write to it. Yeah. When you write to it, do you prefer writing on your own in, in an isolated space? Do you like writing with your team, everybody looking at you? Do you like writing on the spot? How do you like to write? Yeah, I've done both. I've been in big sessions where I don't have a choice and everybody's looking at me <laughs> and they're like, or, you know, and like the pressure's on. Uh, but if I had a preference, I I really do like to be like at my house in a comfortable zone. Um, I feel like that's where I write my best. Uh, but I, I can do the on the spot stuff and I'm, you know, I stay ready when it comes to like just being ready because I, how I got in the game was being a hook writer so I was writing hooks for a lot of local rap groups and then that turned into like writing hooks for like bigger rappers that are like more ni- known as like 90s rappers now but they're still doing their thing I've, I've featured with Bone Thugs and Harmony with Raz Kaz uh, Spice One Be Legit what? for real? oh yeah if you check that out on Apple Music and you'll see um, on where not on my personal stuff but like if you click on Sarah Shine on Apple Music and the just the drop down list yeah Yeah. you'll see all those songs pop up but i've worked with dr dre's son curtis young on his album Um, yeah so it's um that's how i started in the game was just doing hooks so you have to kind of get ready like you have to know how to write a hook within 10 or 15 minutes because they don't want you sitting there for an hour wasting studio time so it that kind of prepared me really for like 
either way it goes. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. You make me want to write rhymes now. Well, well, come on, let's go. <laughs> you're, you're, you know what? Like what I notice about you too. Um, you definitely got work ethic. Um, where does your work ethic come from? How did you develop that? Um, that's a great question. I, I, you know, right when I turned 14 and a half and was able to work where I'm from, I just, I got a job at McDonald's and I was singing in the drive-thru to the people coming Mm -hmm. through the, (laughs) and I think it was because I saw my mom working so hard and she was a single mom at the time. Um, I, she was really who I looked up to as far as just like, um, you know, portraying like what a queen is and like she didn't have you know guys coming through or not like she was just like always on her business and and taking care of the house and you know she was just she was a great example so i knew that i had to work because i didn't want to ask my mom for things you know so i i got a job i was even delivering newspapers that was actually my very very first job at a newspaper route but that was at really? 12. At 12, I got a newspaper route. For real? Yes. So, wow. Yeah. So when I, when I just like I started working that young, it's like you kind of just get into that mentality of like, okay, I, I didn't come from a family with a lot of money. I wouldn't say we were poor. We were, we had what we needed. You know what I mean? Like God always provided, but we didn't have enough. Like I didn't ever have an education funded for me or had plans of savings for me. I didn't have parents that did that. They wanted me to work for everything I had. They're very old school. And at the time they couldn't afford it as well. So that also factors in. But, you know, I just literally knew that if I wanted something, a cell phone or whatever I wanted, I had, I had, was trained at a young age that I needed to do it and get it myself. How long you been in LA? I've been in LA for 11 years. What are you learning about the music industry in LA? What have you learned so far that you can pass down to anybody trying to make it in the city? Um, about the music industry? Um, I definitely say not to get sidetracked or distracted from what everybody else is doing. I, I say come out here with a plan on what it is that you want to accomplish. When I came out here, I was kind of just like stars in my eyes. I knew I just needed to be here first and foremost to be around all the opportunity and all the shows and lounges and things like that. But yes. if you if you stay in a circuit of constantly doing the same type of scenarios, then you're I mean you you grow your your fan base and you're respected and things like that, which is great. But it's better to kind of know exactly what you want to do. Do you want to have your own label? And if that's the case, go hard with your own label to where you're getting the attention from major labels and you can get backing on marketing and things like that. Like have a business plan. If you don't want to have your own label and your goal is to get signed to a major label, then figure out your plan on how you're going to get your music heard in front of that label. I, uh, My biggest thing is just don't waste time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I can look at every year and I don't regret any of my experiences, but there were there was a lot of times where I was just searching because I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was keeping myself so busy working doing background vocals doing everything i could to be heard but 
you don't want to spread yourself too thin and you it's mm. you know you want to make sure that you're valuing your talent and your gifts because people will misuse that sometimes you know mm-hmm. so just really getting around the right energy coming out here with a plan have a little bit of money saved up i mean there's there's a lot of us go-getters that are like you know they won't do it the way i didn't want to sleep in their car that's that's it's going you know it's not it's not easy so it's better to have mental peace and have things you know a little bit more structured and um but i respect either way i know great people that made out of sleeping in their car and they're they're off touring with big artists and you know everybody has their own journey so whatever is calling your heart to do do that but don't uh you know but focus in on something hone in on something because i feel like when we tell the universe what we want that's when we know you know it comes to us so just be specific yeah when the pandemic happened in 2020 and everything was canceled for like about a year and a half um what did you do with your time and just just with your sanity how did you cope with the pandemic as an indie artist <laughs> when yeah. it first happened too yeah. yeah you know what i was one of those artists that literally like the pandemic hit in march of 2020 and right. like a month later i was on a plane to new york to do a show like i i did not let it affect me at all and i probably should have but i i did create like lives at home but i basically yeah. traveled to states that were still open and doing shows so I, even though nice. la was shut down my mom was terrified she's like what are you doing but i just right. would double up on my mask on the planes it's like every other row was free so you had more space on the plane i just kind of figured out ways of how to keep doing my thing you know and i i did start a weekly like live show where people could join me i did shows from my living room <laughs> and then i also was just writing new music and you know collabing with people in the studio still and we'd wear our masks and um we just had less people in the studio so you know instead of pulling up and seeing five rappers outside it was just me and the engineer you know um so yeah it's just you just had to kind of be smart about spacing out you know your distance and keeping your mask on and all that and so that's what we did for about a year and a half you know now we can breathe a little bit <laughs> a little bit are you there hello oh i think we lost our connection We did it. Yes. We did it. <laughs> Your patience. I appreciate you, Sarah. Of course. Um, all right. We're going to pick up where we left off, right? Okay. Yeah. Sarah, it's 2022. Everybody got a social media. Everybody got means and a, and a home studio to put out music. We, we all have access to digital platforms to put it out ourselves, right? Yes. Um, what What's going to make your marketing stand out? What's your thoughts on marketing? What's your approach and promotion for you? And how do you see marketing in 2022? Um that's a great question. I think a lot of it like if it depends on I mean you're you're talking from an independent artist <clears throat> standpoint. Yes, you know like 
how do we stand out in, in, in a sea of artists, especially in Southern Cali? Yeah. What do we do to stand out? Definitely, definitely knowing your, your strategy, like uh, what is going to set you apart. You know, there's a lot of artists that like kind of sound the same and they're doing the same type of marketing. So for me, I'm, um, I really like to like go with the same companies. And then when I, you know, find out other companies and I, I do the research on them and I look at it, but I go through distrokid.com and they they basically send all the um, royalties to the producers. So they're like one of the few online uploading music sites where they're going to send the royalties and payments to the producers and the writers and to the artists directly. Like the artist doesn't have to divvy that up and contact them. So, and they also send it out to other platforms to promote you. So that's where I start with my music. I, I upload to DistroKid. And then um, as far as like, I do ad posting. So like if I'm going to release a new record, um, you've got to put a budget behind that, right? So you want to yes. go on like Facebook and Instagram is all tied together now. So you want to just constantly uh, promote, let's say a single picture. You know what I mean? Even if you put 25 bucks on it a week, whatever it is that you can afford, they're going to put that out there into that whole social media world. And you're going to get so many more followers because it's going to be down someone's feed all day, you know? So just like basically paying for ads through there. And then, um, there's always like the street way where you're creating fires and you know, that's the old school way, but we still do that. Like when I have shows, I have print companies where I still believe like in getting out and putting stuff on cars or, you know, like whatever, like, even though that's, that might be unheard of, but we still promote that way because I've brought a lot of people to shows that way still, you know, to this day. So I, for me, it's more, it's more ads. It's more finding a music platform that's solid that, you know, is going to get it out to everything that's online. Like DistroKid delivers everywhere way outside of, um, what's it called? Spotify and Apple music. So, um, those are the main, you know what I mean? But you want to be on Shazam. You want to be on, you know, everything that people can just tap into through an app. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and also just, you know, if you don't have a major company distributing your music, then you, you know, if that's your only distribution is an online upload stream company, then you want to find other ways. So if it's, you know, uh, blogging or everything honestly online is going to be tied to something that you have to invest in because nothing's for free on there so independently you want to always have a marketing and promotional budget on the side you know what I mean um, to say okay I'm this is how much I'm going to spend this week so that I can get it in a new territory let's let's get heard more in London let's find the sites that are uploading you know uh, music from the U.S. where they're supporting, you know, overseas. Like, there's so many ways that if you want to get heard in new territories, you can specifically target those areas. You know what I mean? So, um, I know you juggle uh, different hats as an artist. I know um, you record, you perform, and you also write. Which I know, I think I asked you this, but which one do you enjoy the most out of all three? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I like. Um, I think I like more of the 
recording right recording process yeah yeah do you yeah, find I... performing fun do you like performing do you like doing it live or yeah i do i do yeah. you know what i'm i'm kind of a little bit of a shy person so um when i get on stage i definitely open up and i can sing like from my heart and it's you know it's felt i've received well um so it's not like i'm afraid that you know i'm not gonna like feel some type of a connection to the audience it's more just like um i don't know it's more just like talking in between my songs and things like that that like i'm trying to work on being a better entertainer all around if that makes sense that's good that's good um what are you working on these days i know you've been in the studio a lot are you working on an album ep what you yeah. got going on right now yeah i am i'm uh working on a new ep it'll be a six song ep and i can't I'm... wait <laughs> thank you and i'm three songs in and i'm gonna release a new single from that ep in a couple weeks from now so um that will be coming out soon and the majority of my music is produced by blame ronnie so make sure you guys check him out um his instagram page is at blame ronnie uh, music and he's produced for like Eric Bellinger, Keisha Cole, a uh, few big names in the industry, and he's really on his grind. Um, so just honored to be able to work with him. Such a great talent. That is awesome. What's the title of your EP coming up? I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't know yet. Uh, it'll come to me probably in the next month when I'm getting close to finishing. So yeah. Uh are you do you find yourself comfortable in shooting music videos do you, do you do you find that fun do you like shooting videos yeah i do you know it depends on locations and how much has to go into it some videos have been just like a lot of planning and you know it's like a full day so you yeah it can be like for stressful sure. to be honest with you but <laughs> for sure, for sure, like for hair sure. makeup you know everything like it's just you have to everything's got to be right so and I'm kind of a little bit of a perfectionist unfortunately but I've learned to kind of chill on that over time because I feel like the best things are when there's no you know there's not like too much pressure like you just trust that everybody's gonna do what they're supposed to do you know so uh, I think a lot of beautiful things can come from that when you just be like okay I'm gonna show up and do what I'm supposed to do and you know just hope that everybody is on you know on that vibe like we all want to make sure that everything is quality you know so it will reflect it will reflect when the project <laughs> drops <laughs> um as, <laughs> as far as like image like how how important is fashion to you and this what what you rock on stage because i i see like you know how to like the album covers like oh shit you know what i'm saying she knows how to style herself you know what i mean like how important is that to you just your own style of fashion as an thank artist? you yeah it's important you know i hell I yeah from, yeah and i come from it's a small, really important it is and i come from a small town and to be honest with you um i didn't have a lot of clothes growing up so yeah. like i didn't and i still don't to this day like people come over and they look at my closet and they're like really that's what you're working with and it's not it's not that you know i can't afford to go get a lot of nice things but usually when i have a new show or i know i have something coming up i'll go to where i like to shop 
you know yeah. and, and I'll get something fresh and new sometimes I do some repeats I really don't care what people think <laughs> yeah. but you know when I make it or when let's I mean I, I don't like to say that word because I feel like if we're doing what we love every day we've already made it right we're like Amen. we're in this we're in this journey right so Amen. when the money and all that stuff comes people feel like oh okay I finally made it but it's like we, we've already made it when we wake up every day and we're doing what we love you know what I mean but Amen. I I guess when the the budget is really in, like there then yeah it would be different type of you know shopping experiences <laughs> but as an independent artist you got to work with what you have and you definitely want to you know like okay do I not want to be too sexy like you want it to portray who you are as a person as well you know and what your values are I think that's important speed it up speed it up speed yeah oh god there we go um yeah <laughs> so, so yeah so um let me ask you this um uh how much therapy have you done? And here's here's why I ask. Mm-hmm. Like, as as artists, do you know what I notice? <laughs> you know what I notice about us fellow artists? Like, if they're really great and they're really talented, there's definitely some trauma. You know? Um, yeah. Like, how do you deal with your trauma? How do you, do you like? How do you deal with trauma these days? That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah. Um. I think mine more came at a younger age. Yeah. And and then there were some things that were unhealed that I had to do. And then I kind of got into a couple not so healthy relationships because I was coming from a place of not having a father and having to learn. I mean, my dad was there when I was younger, but after the age of about 13, when I didn't have that court order to visit him any longer, I... I chose not to visit my dad anymore for personal reasons. So uh, we didn't really have a close relationship, me and my father. So I think that is a, a big thing in a young girl's life when they don't have a male role model to look up to. So working through those few things. But therapy, I only went to counseling when I was like a child. So um, as an adult the way that I feel that I kind of like find my peace is definitely through prayer, reading the Bible Um, in the morning. I do that every morning. I spend some spiritual time before I start my day. And then I also like to like go to like sweat lodges or um, read books. I, I, for me, if I have to heal from anything or feel like I need time to reflect, I always just, find solitude I like to kind of just be alone and just heal and you know and then bounce right back like nothing happened (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you're fucking cracking me up um (laughs) yo Sarah yeah (laughs) I like to go sit in a sweat lodge for a day and then wake up and be like okay I'm over that shit (laughs) yo how often do you pray? How, how often do you pray and speak to God? I pray every morning and every night. So my, my time in the morning is um, the, the majority of the time that I spend with God, like just talking and to him and 
really just I'm more of in a grateful state in the morning like really just thanking him for all the small things you know whether considered small or big I just really tap in and let him know like thanks for giving me another day you know what I mean what what do you God want me to do with this day how do you want me to treat other people um what do you want me to create you know keep me safe keep my family safe I pray for certain things about my family and and just for what God wants to bring into my life and how he wants to use my talent so I I really tap into just like my purpose in the morning and being grateful and then I read my bible I try to read it for about 30 minutes 20-30 minutes yeah I, I turn on praise music and I you know it's not like I specifically time it but I kind of have this window of time where I really just dedicate to God and then um I get I get ready and go about my day but I make sure that I do that um because it really sets my mind and my spirit for the day like if something out of the blue comes up that's just you know throws a wrench in my day or so I get some negative news or something like that I'm already in a state of like I've created that peace in the morning you know what I mean so it kind of sets the tone for the day and then at night I just say prayer I, I don't read at night I read like books at night sometimes but at night I just pray and go to sleep what are you reading these days um I read I read like girly books I don't know I'm not like a like I go and search for a topic kind of girl I just my mom <laughs> my mom sends me books and I read what she sends me <laughs> yeah oh, that's cute that's cute that's, yeah. that's really cool yeah. um let me ask you this like uh you know as, as an artist right how do you handle rejection how do you handle the disappointments and the ups and downs of this music industry does it ever take a toll on your self-esteem i know it takes a toll on mine sometimes um you know rejection and and yeah. just this, this cutthroat shit that we do in the business in this music business for sure i think (laughs) yeah that's a that's a real question like um i think when you know you have something that is could really touch the world and it's Mm -hmm. unique you know not saying that i'm any better than any other artist because i feel like we all have just like a special calling artists are artists you know we, we're walking our own journey yes. so, <laughs> that, just to put it yeah, like in a safe way that's right for so, sure, yeah. that's for sure man for real yeah man. so no like no we all take yeah we all take rejection differently like some people are super sensitive i've met artists that are just so sensitive if they get a yeah. negative comp you know negative comment and I've learned to have thick skin since the first year I moved out here because I was told a lot of good things, but I was also told a lot of things that I needed to do in order to be accepted, you know? And so you can, if you have low self-esteem, you can take all those comments and just personalize everything and then walk around like I'm not enough you know and it it was more based on my look like people thought I needed to lose 10 pounds or 15 pounds and that would make me a star I needed to dye my hair blonde I needed to sing like Britney Spears I need you know why are you a white girl which I'm I'm not fully white but they're like you know people had an image in their head of what I needed to do to be able to get signed and so I dealt with that and just having to go 
and get quiet with myself, you know, go to the sweat lodge <laughs> and be <laughs> like, you know what? This is not me. I don't want to sing this kind of music. I don't, you know, I'm, I love soul music. It's what I've been raised on. There's jaw stones in the world. There's wine houses, rest her soul. There is so many people that said, you know, I might be going against the grain, but this is what I was raised on. And this is me. And I'm going to sing what's in my heart. You know what I mean? And that that's always been me. I haven't wanted to like waver and do something else. So, um, I think rejection, like I said, you just kind of have to have a thick skin in this industry and know who you are, what you stand for, because you will be tested. You will be tested in every way possible. You're going to get tested from people that they might be telling you things that you need to do with yourself because they have some type of a idea in their mind that they're going to make more money off. So some of the negative opinions is more based on their selfishness and what they want out of you, if that makes sense. So understanding that there's underlying things, there's greed behind some intentions, there's, there's, you know, ideas about what they think would give you more value. But again, it goes back to that, those type of intentions. So you have to really have a strong spiritual sense in, in this world because it, there is warfare, there's spiritual warfare in the industry. There's a lot of things in the darkness of it. And then if you choose to be a light in it, then you're going to be tested a lot, a lot more than the average person that's just going to go, yeah, I can do those things in the dark and try to make it that way. You know what I mean? So yeah. being, being strong and being a light. Yes. You really got some talent, Sarah. Like you got to keep doing your thing. Thank um, you. Let me, okay. I got to pick your brain a little bit. All right. Just, just off the top. All right. Which one do you prefer? Carrie or, or Whitney? Oh, I'd have to say more. Uh, I'm sorry, Whitney Houston. All right, Mary J or uh, Faith Evans. You're killing me, son. I'm just mm-hmm. <laughs> You're killing me. Oh man, Mary J. I will love you anyway. Uh, yeah, you already knew. Even if you cannot say. Stay. No. Um. So, one twelve or jagged edge. Ooh, jagged edge, easy. That's my favorite Ooh. male group. All right, Bobby Brown or Usher? Um, Usher. Damn. Damn, Mar- son. Marvin Gaye or Stevie Wonder? Uh, Stevie Wonder. Luther or Charlie Wilson? Charlie Wilson, come on. Janet or Mariah? Janet. Rihanna or Beyonce? Rihanna. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. What do you like? What's your top three Janet? Top three Janet joints. Oh. Um, let's wait a while. Uh, uh. Before it's too late, let's wait a while. Before we go too far. Oh my god, I love that song. And then um let's see. It's the pleasure principle. Of... <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> and then I also and then I also like um God, she had so many. I like some of her her latest stuff too, um, that she did with J. Cole. 
there's this one song called oh i can't think of it right now i'm just that oh so- yeah i know in the rain or yeah no sleep no sleep no sleep no sleep that song is so fire no sleep uh, remember the uh, the the social death remix when i dip you dip we dip i put my head up on yes. your head. Yes. Well, maybe we'll meet at a bar. Yeah, maybe we'll meet yeah. at a bar. Of fancy car. <laughs> that was yeah. a jam. Janet right. is like, oh, she's a shit. The, the, what, you, what you think of the new documentary? The new documentary that came out. It was like five part series. Yes. Like her her career. What you think? Wow, right? Incredible. I'm just all wow. the phases she had to go through with just her family alone, and then becoming a star at such a young age she's she went through so much but came out on top what's your advice for the youth out here trying to get in this music business sarah for the young singers out there this the youth that that want to take a stab at, at the music business you know yeah i'd say i definitely say to have that foundation um, and lock in with people that really believe in you. And sometimes that's not family. Um, the majority of my support musically did not come from family. A lot of people told me I couldn't sing. <laughs> um, so I, I heard that, you know, at a younger age. So don't always lean on who's around you, whether that's family or friends at a young age, because nobody's gonna feel your calling more than you do so whatever's tugging on your heart every day and it can start as a young kid whatever's tugging on your heart if you know you have a gift and that's the you want to go the route of singing rapping dancing anything in the industry um it number one thing is believing in yourself and just having a foundation of even if it's just two or three people that you know you can call and have a real conversation with and talk about your fears and your goals and they're they're gonna uplift you and encourage you you know and having the spiritual foundation as well if you believe in god some people don't but that's really carried me through everything and and just like i said going back to that plan you know even even as a as a kid like if you're i wouldn't recommend jumping into the industry before you know like 15 that's just my because your your head is not really like you're not really ready your schedule's not really ready you kind of have to get out of school you want to finish school and then figure out what city you want to move to I knew I wanted to come to LA I, I kind of wanted to go to, to New York honestly but I don't didn't know anybody out there at the time but that was like my first pick and st- I still want to go to New York and just try it for like two years, but I don't think that'll happen. But um, anyways, I just think it's important to know what's your closest city or do you want to move across the state? But you're going to have to take some risks in order to put yourself in a city where those opportunities are going to be all around you. So it's it's that moving factor if you have to just lining up your, you know, your goal list. I listen to all your songs, Sarah. I listen to everything, every single joint he dropped. Oh, um, thank you. With all that being said, everything you said and all your all your EPs, like, what have you learned about yourself in these relationships? Like, what have you learned about yourself being a partner to somebody and just when you know 
relationships like what yeah. have you learned about this shit that's, yeah it's so good i yeah i know um you know i can honestly tell you i've i and this is gonna sound selfish i have put music before love so many yeah. times like yeah like i've had like literally like a really great guy standing in front of me and i wasn't ready for, yeah for that step you know what i'm saying so I've tend to, and I can, this is something that I have to work through, through healing, but I've tend to pick the guys that are, that are a little bit unavailable because they're in the music industry and they're, that's their number one too. So I pick yeah. people that aren't fully available for me. They don't have a regular <laughs> lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? And then the ones that really want to be with me, I'm like, no, I ain't got time. <laughs> It's horrible. Oh my god. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I'm just keeping it 100. But, you know, I've like I said, you know, like how they say all oh, the girls always pass up the good ones. Well, I probably did that a couple times, but I've I honestly can say that even through those heart breaks of picking the wrong one if you want to say that um you you either let it break you or you just come out of it stronger and you say, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm going to write from this. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to hopefully pick better next time. And I'm going to, you know, love myself through these, this process. Because if you really care about somebody and you're around somebody every day and you build with them and you really feel that it's sincere and then all of a sudden something just hits you out from the left and that's not who you, who you thought you were getting to know. You know what I'm saying? They had a little curveball and they had something else in mind. That hurts. Like, if you're a person that has heart, you you feel when people purposely hurt you or they they did it on a, like a slide type of move. You're going to feel any big change, sudden change like that because you were entering into it with high hopes, with sincerity. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that you are a perfect angel, but if you love hard like I do. If I say I love somebody, then I'm going to show up for that person every day and be there for that person. So it's, it, I kind of come with those expectations. Like if this is me and I'm showing you these cards, are you going to meet me halfway? Are you going to allow time in your schedule? And so I think I've just honestly, you know, I won't run on here. I've, I've kept myself so busy the last few years that I haven't taken anybody seriously from those last couple heartbreaks that I had because I just I want to keep myself busy so that I don't have to think about dating or falling in love right now I know that it's something that I want to do but I just don't feel like I've met that yet I'll tell you this you've been making some great music out of all this (laughs) thank you um Thank you. So, but my DMs, my DMs pop. But I just, I have to, I have to respond. <laughs> oh my God. Yo, you're so crazy. You're so crazy. You're so, yo, yo, yo. Oh my God. Sarah. Yo, man, like, what I'm saying is, no, this, 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 I was really thinking about this for real. I was thinking about this during the interview, like, yeah. How hard is it to really maintain a relationship when you're really in the music industry? Like, it's a real question. Like, it's it's it can get crazy, right? Oh yeah, get, for sure. Not, 
it's not easy period it's you have yeah you you yeah you have to like understand that you have to be a very understanding and patient person you have to be (laughs) an understanding yeah because at the end of the day the everybody's schedule is all over the place so you're dealing with somebody that's like no i have to be over here for a meeting and then i got a session at five and then i got a travel tomorrow because I got a show and wherever and you're kind of like sometimes if you're somebody with somebody that that's that busy you almost feel like you're on standby so you have to stay busy yourself so that you're not like well are they feeling me (laughs) like you like some a lot of people have a hard time putting their pride down you know what I mean when it comes to like being with two successful people listen guys for anybody listening out there um, if you ever dated a musician, you probably do deserve compensation. Yeah, that part. They need a check. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is, guys, like, nights, that's just how it goes. Late night. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes we got to go out of town, all that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you have to trust somebody, and which is not easy to do. It's not. Um, what are the, like... What's the twenty twenty two is almost done. We're more than halfway done. What are the what are some of the main things you're trying to accomplish for the for the remainder of the year? I definitely want to finish this EP and put it out um, in the fall, and so that's my next goal. And then also just finding new venues to perform. I want to get more out of LA. I want to consistently like still do shows here like I do but just expand my territory more even if that means performing overseas just kind of like um getting my music out more to like agencies that would book me more consistently in new territories wow Sarah I'm so proud of you thank you for taking the time thank to you thank I you Marlon you. You just you have you have great energy. I appreciate <laughs> your your questions are so authentic, and thank you for just providing this platform for us and us independent artists. I, I have a high respect for you, so uh, just know you're VIP when you when you pull up to the shows. Uh, thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> you're welcome. I appreciate you. You inspire me, and um, you. I'm gonna hit you up right now. I'm hit you okay. back. So okay, Andy Podcast, we did it. Thank we you very it. much. Peace. Peace.